Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021, and I'm your host, Ariel Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We are so happy to introduce our new team of seasoned astrologers to you. They've all had extensive astrology training prior to joining us, and now they've completed their Starseed Astrology training. They've been doing a fantastic job with us for over six months now, helping to reduce our waiting time for readings. And now they're ready to offer more of their services with our Stage 2 readings, which are the live sessions. We're fortunate that they each have something unique to bring to Starseeds, and as we introduce them to you, they'll talk about their individual strengths that can help you get to the next level. Since we've just given them the additional training for doing the live sessions, they don't have waiting lists yet, so you can get in on that. You can visit our site, which of course is starseedhotline.com, and then click on their page to read about their work. We have Carol, Emerald, Miara, and Riley joining us tonight, and we're so proud of the work they're doing, empowering starseeds to better serve the planet. And since Lavendar is now only doing sessions for her past clients, you'll have an opportunity to work with these wonderful astrologers. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy, Jada, and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight. And um, we do have an online starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other starseeds thanks to Tammy's continual dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk, and if you'd like to show your support of our program, please, all you have to do is click follow on our page here, and you will get our biweekly show notices if you enable those. Our main website, as I said, is starseedhotline.com, and the Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart. And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one, one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, Miara, Emerald, Riley, and myself. Lavendar's sessions are now redesigned to focus on your solar return and covers your natural state, your rites of passage, your masterships, as well as your solar return and your current transits. It's like having the whole thing in one shot, in one hour, and that would be scheduled just before your birthday. And um, remember, if you do have a birthday coming up, you get a window of 10 hours of power, and you can find out exactly when it happens by requesting your solar return timing. And that usually takes less than a week. But if you do want the stage two interpretation of your solar return chart uh, with me, you need to order at least six months in advance. But with any of our team, as I said, um, they don't have waiting lists yet, so you can get on, uh, get your session done uh, rather quickly. So first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia. My screen is hopping around here. Uh, try to get it to cooperate. Hang on, Anastasia. With the Starseed News. 
Good evening, Ariel. I'm glad I still deserve applause. It's wonderful to be with you. Of course, you always get applause. (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, we're going to call this our night of inspiration because it's time to share some really good deeds that people have done and inspire the starseed to be guided and inspired to do their own good deeds. And so here it goes. Um, this is a, these are all wonderful stories. Some of them came with videos, and I was so touched by watching the people talk and explain their experiences. But we're going to start out with a story tonight about a woman in Texas um, who got stranded. She's a delivery driver, and she got stranded in someone's driveway. And uh, the people, the home that she was delivering to, the people sheltered her for five days, and they say that she's now part of the family. This woman, this delivery driver, decided to make this her last delivery because the roads in Austin were getting slicker during the ice storm. When she headed, ended up getting stuck in the customer's driveway, there was a silver lining, as I've already given it away. Uh, she didn't want to walk up the driveway because the owner of the house had texted her earlier and said, our driveway's really slick. So she had tried to make it up the steep slope with her car, but the car ended up sliding into the garden. Now, they tried to help move the car, the couple that lives in the house to whom she was delivering groceries, but all their efforts failed. They scattered birdseed, cat litter, uh, you name it, Epsom salts. They pushed, they pulled, they couldn't get it out. So she tried to call uh, AAA, but they had said they couldn't come because they were already inundated with calls. Now, this, uh, these, this couple where she delivered the groceries had daughters about this woman's age, and they're, uh, I guess, empty nesters, and they worried about her trying to get out into the icy roads the storm was getting worse and worse and so they said to her well you know let's just take it by, play it by ear you have dinner with us and um so the couple decided um that she needed to settle in their house and um they said that if they have daughters and they hoped that if they were ever in a situation like that their daughters that there would be somebody that would help them open their house up and help them give them shelter from the storm and so they had a Aww. wonderful steak dinner together. They fixed a steak dinner. And over dinner, they learned that this woman would like to open a bakery someday. And uh, the woman said, I, I have this wonderful recipe for coconut cake. I've never made it before. She said, would you make it? And the delivery driver said, sure, I'd love to. And so she volunteered to make them this delicious gluten-free coconut cake. And they were talking about what a delicious cake it was. And the driver said, I definitely ate a lot better here than I do at home. These people made me feel comfortable, and they made me feel like part of the family. They took her into a spare bedroom, which they said belonged to the dogs, and uh, she went to bed. She was, she, When it started out, she was pretty uncomfortable, of course. Never met these people before. But the dogs immediately came in, jumped up on the bed, licked her on the face. She slept with the dogs. They got along great. And they all had a good time together, and now they're considering her part of the family. It's the sweetest story. Um, wow. And, you know, the couple uh, assumed that everybody did things like that. They said, well, of course that's what you do. When something happens, you step up. And the delivery driver said, no, it's not like that. <laughs> Most people don't do things like this. And uh, so they kept her safe. She found out later that her apartment had, had lost both power and water. She would have been cold and without any water in her own house. She said she ended up much better off staying with these people than she would have been if she had been able to make it home. So all in all, new friendships were made. Uh, The couple did a wonderful deed. They took care of a young woman, and the young woman made a friend. And it's just a lovely story, just a beautiful story. And um, in Los Angeles, 
a teenager, has collected 30,000 pairs of shoes to give dignity to the Los Angeles homeless people. Now, this is a young woman that was raised as a Jewish person, and for children raised in the Jewish faith, a bar mitzvah is a celebration of the symbolic passage into adulthood. It's a ritual passage, which Americans don't have. And at age 13, uh, Jewish people don't consider themselves truly grown up, but they begin to see their place in the larger world. And what this young woman saw in the months leading up to her own bar mitzvah was that a life of privilege wasn't a blessing that everyone shared, and she was determined to do something about it. She became increasingly aware of the day-to-day hurdles that homeless people living on the streets of Los Angeles have to face. But the one thing that she noticed time and time again was how many didn't have any shoes. She said, I noticed a lot of them were in really awful living conditions. No way a person should have to live. On top of that, I noticed a lot of them didn't even have any shoes on. At 12 years old, I was like, wow, people don't have shoes. She said, it kind of put things into perspective for me. Now, in the Jewish culture, there's something called the tikkum olam, which is an act of repairing the world that's central to the bar mitzvah. The bat, excuse me, I said bar mitzvah. This is a bat mitzvah for girls. Uh, the tikkum olam, the act of repairing the world, is central to the bat mitzvah ceremony. And she came up with the idea to launch something that she called Shoes for Souls, spelled S-O-L-E-S, <laughs> which can be easily interpreted as S-O-U-L-S. Anyway, Shoes for Souls. And she created a charitable outreach program that collects and distributes shoes for Southern Californians in need. And she said, part of the requirement for having a bat or bar mitzvah is that in some way you give back to your community, you give back to the world. I decided I wanted to give back as big as I could. Well, since its inception, Shoes for Souls has rehomed 30,000-plus pairs of gently used shoes collected during school drives and from shout-outs to her fellow volleyball players and their families. And when the coronavirus pandemic caused many of her usual sources to dry up, she took to the Internet to solicit donations via the Nextdoor app, and the trickle became a steady flow. Now, she only accepts shoes in good condition. She said, I want to try to give the best experience to all the people. A fresh new pair of shoes can really heighten someone's day, brighten their attitude, and their outlook on life. Uh, Bless her heart. And I'm reminded of there's a commercial retail ad uh, from one of the major shoe manufacturers that used to have it. And the quote was, "Uh, new shoes make you feel good. (laughs) And this young girl understood that, that, New shoes make a person feel good, and particularly if they don't have any shoes. So what a wonderful thing. She started this at 12 years old, guys. That's just, wow. Wow. See, there's so much we all can do. And here's one for you. This is kind of a hero's night. Um, Tex-Mex restaurant owner spends $2,000 of his own money to promote a competitor, the competitors who are struggling financially. So business owners looking to get the most bang for their advertising bucks routinely, as you all know, devote their budgets to media buys. They get ads. But for this person in Wisconsin, his optimum return on investment came from an entirely different source. He decided to promote the competition. A man who owns something called the Tex-Mex Eatery knows firsthand the impact the coronavirus has had on his restaurant industry. 
family-based local places like his own have been really hard hit. And it's perhaps a reason that he understands better than most that small businesses aren't simply a source of revenue. They're the heart, soul, vision of people behind them. So people that are our friends and neighbors, and he is one of them. So to help stave off restaurant cutbacks and closures in his community, he purchased more than $2,000 in gift cards to other neighborhood eateries, his competition, and has been raffling them off to his customers via Facebook. Uh, other restaurants, he's buying gift cards to other restaurants. She said other, the competition has been quoted, uh, their response to this, said one of the uh, owners of a restaurant, family restaurant, said, in these COVID times, it's very important to eat local from small, uh, small mom, mom and pop shops, and her competition understood that. In the best of times, restaurant business is competitive, but diversity is what gives it a unique flavor. This man recognized that their success was his own, and he was encouraging the community to join his efforts to ensure that local restauranteurs would be able to survive. He said uh, it's part of what keeps us all alive. You can go to a chain restaurant, you can go to Pizza Hut or some other place, but it isn't the same like when you go to this little diner or hole in the wall. If you help one person and another person helps another, that will help everyone a lot. Who would think of that? Who ever thinks of, well, I know the Starseed do, but I mean, to think of it as being a collective. What happens to one happens to all of us. And so a remedy to his problem was to help everybody else. Wow. That's That's cosmic. so wonderful. That's cosmic. Cosmic principles going on there. Inspirational. And here's another thing. Um, This is quite the story, actually. A college dropout donated $20 million to the university that he couldn't afford to go to 60 years ago. Because nearly 60 years ago, a man named Calvin Tyler was forced to drop out of college in his hometown of Baltimore because he couldn't afford tuition. Now, he and his wife have pledged $20 million to endow scholarships for students needing financial aid at this historically black school. Now, he enrolled at the school was then called Morgan State College, in 1961 to study business administration. He was the first in his family to attend college and had hopes of becoming the first to receive a college degree. But he had to abandon his studies in 1963 due to a lack of funding, and he had to take a job as a driver for the United Parcel Service. He worked his way up the corporate ladder and into the company's executive suite, ultimately serving as Senior Vice President of U.S. Operations and joining the Board of Directors before he retired in 1998. And I would imagine that all the years that he was a driver, he probably told himself, I I wanted to be in a business administration. I wish I could have been able to finish college. Well, that didn't stop him. He ended up being on the Board of Directors of the United Parcel Service and ended up being able to give $20 million dollars to the university he wanted to attend to help other people who can't afford it. Amazing. Wow. Here's a good story about the environment. There's a, you just won't believe this. There's a Spanish city that's squeezing green electricity from leftover oranges. Let me tell you about it. Um, first of all, the name of the city is Seville. Oh, I love the architecture of Seville. 
I love the climate of Seville. It's a beautiful place. It's a home to palaces, oranges, and now this brilliant civic recycling innovation that will see millions of tons of fruit being turned into electricity. Now, when the spring air is lying thick with the smell of orange blossoms and the city is its most beautiful, most of the people who visit Seville are unaware that many of the 11-plus million pounds of oranges from the city's 50,000 bitter orange trees end up squished and rotting on the city sidewalks. Flies swarm around these sticky oranges. They get mushed between cars and It's a real headache for the city sanitation department. But there's a company there that controls a large market share of Seville's water and sewage treatment needs, and that company decided to take all of that orange juice and turn it into a different sort of juice, like electric juice, like juice from a battery. Well, the juice of the bitter oranges is rich in fructose, really sweet. It consists of very short carbon chains, and this causes the fermentation process to run hot, enough to power five homes for a day on just one ton of oranges. And the rest of the oranges that are left over is turned into compost to regenerate the soil in the fields. Is that innovative? That's amazing. Yeah. Scoop up all of those millions of pounds of oranges and turn them into electricity. Ah, two colleges in Ohio see how much they can out-tip one another at restaurants. And guess what they did? They raised $34,000 for workers. We hear about college rivalries all the time, particularly sports. And we know that they can lead to fierce competition on the field, but also off the playing field. And while excesses of energetic team spirit have historically led to frivolous mascot feuds, this past January, fans of two Ohio schools launched a battle royale for bragging rights to a much more worthy cause, and that is showing support to restaurant workers financially hamstrung by the pandemic. Well, there was a first touchdown play after the tip-off was quarterbacked by an Xavier's College alumni who left a $1,000 tip on a $54 bill at a cafe. With a note scrawled on a napkin that read, please share this tip with all your employees as they work so hard and are dealing with COVID. Go, Xavier. Well, after this score was posted to the Internet, it was the University of Cincinnati's turn to take the kick and run with it. The (laughs) following week, two anonymous UC fans left a $1,001 tip at another nearby bar and grill, along with a challenge. Quote, earlier this week, I saw a Xavier fan tip $1,000 at Zips. I believe now more than ever we need to support our local businesses. Let's see how long we can keep this going. Bearcats up by one, up by one dollar. <laughs> well, the word spread about the generous gratuity to Facebook, explaining the tippers who preferred to remain nameless weren't in it for the glory, but in hopes of inspiring others to do likewise. They closed the post by throwing a little friendly fuel on the fire. Quote, it's your turn, Xavier fans, who will be one-upping the Bearcats by leaving a $1,002 tip at your favorite local bar or restaurant. Well, Xavier and UC being located a mere three miles apart is a perfect call for intense rivalry. And uh, the proximity probably helped develop traction on this very generous feel-good movement. 
and uh, it put smiles on the faces of everyone impacted and the faces of those not directly involved, such as us this evening who are hearing the story. Now, while the game may not uh, be quite over yet so far, this year's tip-off bowl has scored close to $34,000 for Cincinnati's restaurant workers. And when you get a win-win like that, who needs a trophy? <laughs> right. Isn't that God, Oh, God, that just gives me chills. I love that's that. Just, that's just, see, I mean, wow. And here is a really amazing story. You know, people have some really enormous hearts. We know a lot of people in the world have really enormous egos, but there's a lot of people out there with really huge hearts. And one of them is a New Jersey plumber. Maybe you heard about this. <clears throat> he picked up himself, of course. He took himself and picked up his family, and they drove 22 hours to help the Texas storm victims. Um, this New Jersey plumber and his family drove for more than 20 hours to Texas to help the storm victims who otherwise would have faced weeks without clean water. I still have friends in Texas who don't have any water. Maybe he hasn't shown up at their house yet. But this man, whose dream was to become a licensed plumber, became a reality earlier this year, and he felt like it was, quote, his calling to go and help. So he packed up the family in Morrison, New Jersey, with thousands of dollars worth of supplies. There was a picture on the Internet of all of his plumber supplies. It filled a garage. And he prepared for the 22-hour journey with one goal in mind, to make a difference. After the brutal winter storm ruptured pipes in the Lone Star State, leaving millions without access to clean water, there was a rallying cry from Texas-based plumbers for help. And before their journey... This man had come across numerous posts on Facebook from plumbers who had called on out-of-state peers to come and help offset the demand, saying, if you're an out-of-state plumber and you can come to Texas, we really need you. We're overwhelmed. We're getting like 150 to 200 calls a day. It's just literally impossible. So from the moment this family arrived on Sunday, the man and his family hit the ground running. And every day since, They've been seeing customer after customer visiting up to 10 houses per day. On some days, they'd leave around 7.30 in the morning and work until about 2 in the morning the following day. They said it's like back-to-back and we aren't stopping. And even though plumbers have been racing to fix water pipes ruptured by those record low temperatures, the demand has just been impossible to keep up with. So this man and his family got busy, and they said that – They're helping people who can't even get a plumber on the phone. And the wait time is four weeks out. And she said, his wife said, she said, it's heartbreaking to know that when we get to people's houses, they are so happy to just see a plumber. Their customers have been beyond thankful. One of them shared how relieved they felt knowing that they wouldn't have to travel an hour to their friend's house just to take a shower. She said, you don't even realize the little things that you have until you don't have it. You can't cook, you can't clean, you can't wash your hands. So the man and his wife worked the, uh, uh, she said, excuse me, I'm sorry. The man and his wife have wanted his, their entire married life for him to become a plumber. And he started his career under his father to getting his own license and opening his own company. And after the storm hit, he said, this is my chance to do some good. It was that alone that motivated him to leave his house in New Jersey and go to Texas in the first place to take his chance to do some good. Wow. Wow. (sighs) Blessings to each and every one of these people. 
Well, let's talk for a minute about um, government innovation and good deeds. Atlanta has created the nation's largest free food forest. That's a tongue twister, free food forest. There's something called the Urban Foods Forest at Browns Mill, and it is the first city-owned and managed food forest. Love the, I mean, it's a great idea. The seven-acre lot is being transformed into an edible landscape. Just think about it, guys. All the hungry people, seven acres of free food. This food forest is located in southeast Atlanta. It will produce a wide variety of fresh, flavorful, and healthy nuts, fruits, vegetables, herbs, and mushrooms, which will become available for public consumption. Access to green space and healthy foods is very important, uh, said a certified arborist an expert edible landscaper who manages the forest. He said, this is our mission. We host a lots of students for field trips, and for a lot of them, it's their first time at a garden or farm or forest. So here's where they get to experience everything, urban agriculture and urban forestry, all in one day. It's really special. Now, it takes more than a 1,000 volunteers to help plant, water, and maintain this food forest, In a day alone, there could be more than 50 volunteers working there. According to one Atlanta City Councilwoman, she said, It's really a park for everyone. Every time I go, there's a community there who respects and appreciates the fresh, healthy foods. And there's also a mentality there that people know to only take what they need. Wow. Wow. I mean, you know... Make things available for people, and they're so grateful they're not going to be greedy. Uh, you you do your best. You call out the best in others, and you know what you get? You get the best. So when you raise the bar, you raise the frequency. Any lower frequency standing next to it has got to raise to meet it. And how do we make the world better? We be better ourselves. We expect the best in others. We give them access to what you know, what is fair and right across the board. And look what happens. They reciprocate. You can call it out in people. You can lift them up and call forth the light inside of them. All right, a quote for you for the week. You cannot do all the good that the world needs, but the world needs all the good that you can do. Uh, That's perfect. Perfect. From my heart to each one of you, everybody, much love. See you in two weeks. Thanks, Ariel. Thanks so much, Anastasia. It's going to be a great show tonight. going to be good oh, to hear yeah. from all the well, ladies that are helping out. Started off on the right foot with, with good news. Oh, it's just Excuse great. Me. You know, it's it's just great. Yeah. Um, it's just great. If we could just focus on things like that, it's going to save us so much grief and despair and depression and all those negative things that are completely unnecessary because really – it's a beautiful universe, and it's a beautiful world, and the human soul is beautiful at its core. And everything that we do within ourselves to answer our higher good is infectious. And we just never know. You know, the only way we're going to rebuild it, it begins here with us, and we spread it around. And we wake up one morning, and it's a whole new place. It's a whole new world. It's a world that we want to live in and where people are happy and cared for. How good is that? Great. As good as it gets. As good as it gets. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Okay. We'll, we'll catch you next time. Love you all. All right. Thanks Bye-bye. so much, Anastasia. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, I am going to bring Lavendar on just to kind of kick it off, and then we will be talking to, <clears throat> excuse me, our new team. Let me get the mic open. Okay. Hi, Lavendar. Hello there. Oh, I'm so happy that we have new help for for our star seeds through astrology. I'm really excited about hearing tonight's uh, program because it's time to pass the wand over to others to do this work because you and I, Ariel, have been carrying this for a very long time. And when we got a whole bunch of orders coming in over a year ago, I said, oh, my goodness, how are we going to do this? And finally we decided to find the people that would come and help us, and sure enough, if if you if you call them they come and and we're really really happy to have these uh, new astrologers stepping up and doing this starseed work. You know, years ago, when I started um, doing the starseed uh, markings, the 25, 26, 27 degrees of planets, I did not realize at that time how that this was going to affect so many people's uh, lives in the world and. After I, I believe after 2012, I started noticing that a lot of star people were showing up that had star seed markings. And I noticed the kids that were born after 1980 seemed to be the ones that uh, had all these markings. And I was told some time ago, to, of course, to hold my information in a bank vault and hold it for the kids that were born after 1980, that, that it would be important for them to be up and grown before I could release the information. Well, me being a Sagittarian, can you imagine having to tell me to keep my mouth shut <laughs> 25 <Yeah>. years? <laughs> that was a task. Well, anyway, after all this time, what I've discovered is the kids that started uh, showing up that were born after 1980 would say a certain thing. I'd say, well, how did you find me? And they'd say, oh, I had a dream about the word starseed, and I got up and Googled and found you. And I kept hearing that over and over, the same words. Oh, I dreamed about Starseed, and I got up and Googled and found you. Well, I told this to several of counselors that do work like us, and I told them, I said, if you put Starseed in your heading, in your website, then you'll start getting the people that really resonate to Starseed information. And this is what I found. They send me all kinds of emails now that says this, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am now booked three to four months in advance because I put starseed in my heading. So if you go into Google and you type the word starseed in, you're going to see page after page after page. And a lot of those people that are on the Google site are people that we have now referred to as being counselors and doing the work on the planet, whether it's tarot readings or astrology or counseling or essential oils, whatever it is. It's all connecting our grand starseed family together. So with that, I would like to pass it over to you, Ariel, to introduce our four new astrologers. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Lavendar. So um, we are going to start with Emerald because she is in England, and uh, it's it's well after midnight for her. So let me just... uh, Boy, the switchboard is just about as full as I've ever seen it. Okay, there you are. Get your mic open. Hello, Emerald. How are you? 
Hi, Ariel. I'm really well, thank you. Very, really well. Really pleased to be able to come on the radio and uh, really connect with you. It's been been a nice experience so far. Yeah, well, it's it's been a pleasure um, meeting you and and doing the the training. And you've just I, I get so many emails um, really about all of you. People saying like, "Wow, that reading blew my mind," kind of thing. So um, I congratulate all four of you on on doing a, a really good job. And um, just tell us, we're gonna. I'm just gonna ask you a few questions so that um, you can let people know who you are. So, um, when did you um, have your first awakening? When were you um, becoming more interested? in metaphysics so for me um i would say it was actually um i mean i was always a sensitive and intuitive child um and i was trying to think about this earlier it's quite hard to really put a finger on an awakening um which i'm sure many people can resonate with but it was it was having an interest in astrology and then i was doing some research online and i think i'd heard the word indigo child um, and starseed and I did some uh, research and googled them up um, and I read somewhere this wasn't with the starseed hotline but it was a different website saying that um, particular patterns in charts often indicate starseeds and I've got the seesaw um, so I, I remember just kind of looking into that and then sort of reading all about the indigo the indigo child sort of um, things that mostly resonate you know about the loneliness not feeling like they belong here not really enjoying school um feeling lost often with some kind of emotional um challenge you know i had depression so um it was really that was kind of what led me to starseed hotline i think i've read an article um online about starseed hotline and having a reading done and then ariel was with you i had my first starseed um session um i have my markings read by you um and then i was um it was great i was able to then book him in lavender i think about six to eight months later which is probably <laughs> a little bit sooner yeah. than what it is these days um and uh yeah and learned about the 10 hours of power which was amazing um, and i you know obviously use that all the time um but it was really the um yeah the starseed markings um and then coming across the pleiadian teachings and that is really where i mostly resonate and i know that my awakening was around the time i'd say my big awakening was around the time where my house cusps were on the taurus and um scorpio scorpio yeah yeah 26 degree marking which is so interesting and i just remember going through a couple of years of really feeling that i didn't belong here and really yearning to to want to go back and um we'll go somewhere um but not be on earth <laughs> um and then obviously <laughs> through the chart reading you know you realize that you do have a mission you do have a mission and and although i'm sure most starseeds can resonate with this you know we don't come into the to the planet easily there's often many challenges to have to overcome and growth and expansion and that really led me then to work with um mind coaching and specializing in anxiety and working to help people overcome trauma and stress um, and obviously doing the astrology chart readings too so it's really nice it's sort of all kind of slotted in eventually um, but that was um, there was many crossroads that, that I had to get through before I really found my my mission 
So um, for anyone who's listening, you know, do stick it out. You know, there's absolutely a mission for you. It's just, it is about having the confidence, I think, as well, about sort of taking a leap of faith and just trusting. Um, and I would say, right. I mean, I've been, um, sorry, I'm not talking too much. <laughs> so, so I'll have a break now. <laughs> okay. Well, I wanted to ask you too, because um, I know you've got you've got a lot of other training uh, certifications, and this really um, gives you a lot of tools that you can use on behalf of people that um, would want to have a session with you. So, could you just you know just kind of briefly um, give us your your little resume, like the one you sent me? Um, yeah. Uh, the things that you do besides uh, mind and life coaching. Yeah, so uh, obviously astrology chart readings, um, synastry chart readings, and solar return readings. And um, I guess more about what those are will, are on the website, or obviously people can email me for further information or you. Um, but generally, synastry chart reading is about um, comparing two charts of partners or family, or more than two charts, um, but generally most people are more interested in relationship readings. Um, and then obviously the solar return reading is the year ahead reading and the transit readings. Um, and I also help um, through, you know, people through, um, yeah, trauma and stress and uh, coach people through kind of becoming the best version of themselves, so to speak. Um, so really just kind of pulling together, yeah, many years of experience um, and, and sort of been able to bring it to Starseed Hotline in the best way I can. Yeah, well, I know you're you're doing a great job, and I mean, up until now, the team has been focused on um, getting the the stage one, the initial, you know, pre-recorded um, readings that that don't have any live interaction. But you all have so much, so many other talents that I'm I'm just thrilled now that we've gotten to the point where you can start um, doing the live sessions, and and these can happen. With, no matter where you are in the world, thanks to the internet. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you also use the neuro linguistic pro- programming training? Uh, does that is that woven in through what you do? Yeah, interesting. Um, because obviously, I've been doing the stage one readings now for since July last year, um, and we're going to be doing the stage two readings. But certainly in the stage one readings, you know. If I see certain alignments or planetary placements where there looks like there's, you know, so, you know, Saturn on the, you know, the ascendant sign or, um, you know, where it looks as though somebody could um, certainly have um, negative self-talk or be, um, you know, giving themselves self-criticism, I do try and sort of obviously use um, some kind of um, inspiration or um, supportive advice. Uh, I'm always, I'm all about... Um, you know, whatever information we're sharing should be for the highest good and for the highest good of humanity, for the highest good of those that, that I work with, those are my values. Um, because um, those, you know, when we give people resources, then um, people have the confidence and the self-esteem to really feel that they can move forward. So um, I haven't obviously been actively using it because I haven't been doing any live one-to-ones, which, but I know those are starting um, probably right. But certainly, you know, within the recordings, um, I try and sort of obviously give the best um, advice um, when I see some 
some aspects or planetary placements that really feel that mm. they, you know, someone has a lot of Virgo <laughs> or right. heavy fat. Well, and I mean, you've done you've done live session work apart from Starseed Hotline, so yes. um, it, it just didn't, you didn't have the the uh, the star marking uh, Starseed Astrology part of that, but you are. Uh, uh, kind of a, a veteran in doing in doing readings and you know using your your intuition your psychic ability to help further um, uh, deliver the help that is needed. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know there are I mean a lot of the thing that I love about the the NLP the neuro linguistic programming is that we get into um, like habits or or patterns of mm-hmm. of. Um, speaking um, negatively to ourselves, hmm. and and we don't realize what that is setting up, um, and and sometimes it takes another person to say, you know, <laughs> how many times a day do you say that? <laughs> uh, so uh, it, it's really it's really good to help um, that you help people um, remove those obstacles because yeah. a lot of times they're so familiar that we don't even see them as obstacles. Yeah. I mean, I'd say, you know, most of the time astrology sessions tend to turn into coaching sessions anyway. You know, people often reach out because they've got a question that needs answering or, um, you know, they're going through a challenge in life and they're feeling a bit lost. Um, And that's when, you know, we can really apply support and skills and help people to really um, focus on their positives as well, because you can get so Mm -hmm. caught up on thinking negative thoughts. So, yeah, the power of reframing and uh, focusing on resourceful thoughts, um, you know, positive affirmations. I mean, obviously, neuro-linguistic program is such a broad topic, um, but, you know, the mind um, doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imaginary. So, And it also doesn't know the difference between what's, what's our own voice and what's the voice of someone else. So whatever we're saying to ourselves or whatever others are saying to us, um, the mind, you know, just takes it literally. So positive self-worth and positive language um, are all going to help you reach a goal far more quickly than um, saying something negative. And also, when we speak negatively to ourselves, the body responds in a weak state. Um, uh, It kind of goes limp or it goes weak. Or, you know, if you have like a clumsy Mm -hmm. moment, always think about what you were thinking of but when you had that clumsy moment because chances are it was a negative thought of some kind. So, you know, this is why athletes use positive language and they have good coaches because it's all about getting the body in a strong resourceful state so that they can obviously win their trophy right yeah well you have to take care of the vehicle yes because you know you could you could have you know a really advanced soul and if you don't take care of the vehicle it's not going to um uh, you're not going to reach your full potential so um well, this is great, and I, I really appreciate that you, you stayed. It's like it's it's going on one o'clock in the morning um, there in England, but um, I, I really appreciate uh, your making the effort to come and, and introduce yourself and the rest of the team to our mm-hmm. audience. And um, so, if if you um, for the listeners, if you go on the website. Um, once you click the enter button, the next page that comes up <clears throat> excuse me, has um, all of our pictures. And if you click on any one of the pictures, it takes you right to. So if you clicked on Emerald's picture, it would take you right to her page and you can read more about what she does and um, uh, work with her if, if you resonate with this. 
So, Emerald, I want to thank you very much for joining us this evening. And um, if <laughs> you're certainly welcome to to listen to the rest of the show, but if you're uh, if you're really tired, uh, we'll understand. Oh no, I will. I'm going to stay on and, and listen a little longer. So, thanks for okay. having me. And I'm really looking forward to connecting with those who who I do sessions with. Yes, well, I know. I mean, I've um, we've already had <laughs> we've already had people. Um, it's like, okay, can I have a I can have a session with her? So um, <laughs> I, I knew it was going to happen fast because we've got we have there's so many people to help, and we're really grateful to have competent, qualified, uh, genuine help from you and the rest of the team. So thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. And Ariel. as they say in England, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Big hug to you, sweetie. Yeah, and to you. Bye-bye. Take Bye. Okay. Well, um, I'm just going to go to the next person on the on the switchboard here, which is Riley. So hang on, Riley. Here I come. <laughs> Hello, sweetie. Hi. <laughs> Well, I'm. I, it's it's just been such a pleasure to uh, to work with you, and you know we've we've known you, um, we've seen you several times as you have come to Arkansas, and uh, I, I forget how many times you've, um, you know, four or five time alumni. So, um, and you, your, I just have to tell you that your energy is always so enthusiastic. I mean, just talking to you for two minutes and, and I get happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, oh, thank you. Yeah. So um, why don't you, I, I mean, I know, um, I know your mom and, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it, being raised by, by Denise, you couldn't help but be spiritual, metaphysical, so you got a really early start, like since birth, <laughs> with yes. with this this whole thing. So um, why don't you t- tell us a little bit about when you really when you really started, um, f- you know, like awakening and feeling your consciousness, um, seeing more clearly. Well, to her credit, um, I, I I really enjoyed her parenting style. It was very. Um, uh, supportive and guiding, but it was never forceful. Okay. So she never forced any of this on me and she really let me find my own way initially. And I gotta be honest, my quote unquote awakening story really starts at grandma's house. Uh, every summer we went up to New York and, uh, we would spend like three months with grandma and, Grandma and Poppy have this huge encyclopedia collection. And I, one day, I grabbed the peas and I opened up to palmistry. And Grandma came in the room and I asked her what this was. And the staunchly Roman Catholic woman replied, um, that's the devil's work. And that's when I got really excited. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want like, something. And then of course I had the mom that I have. So that was not um, stamped out or anything or discouraged. In fact, it was encouraged. So it was through books and things. Cause that's really my 
love language. I love reading books. I, I was a born philosopher, okay? I always had all those crazy existential questions. My poor mom constantly going way deeper. You know, what is an apple? Where does it come from? What's behind its physical form? You know, things like that. So uh, that's really where it began, a, a really rebellious streak. And then, uh, and then when I was in um, undergrad one day, uh, she, um, we're having a conversation together and she goes, Oh, by the way, I'm going to be going to Arkansas next weekend. And the first thing I thought was, why are you going there? Like that's the middle of nowhere. <laughs> well, she said, then crystals. And then I thought you're doing what, uh, sign me up, please. And so that, <laughs> that's my connection to the starseed community. And then the rest was history from there. But um, in between those times, I had just been, you know, reading all the metaphysical uh, material I could get my hands on. I mean, anything. We're talking astrology, numerology, tarot, all of it. Essential oils, rocks, gems, all of it. Wow. And, um, and then you went to a metaphysical college? I did. Well, initially... Um, I went to uh, a, a regular um, academic college because I was on that, you know, hot pursuit for truth. And so um, I actually went over to Rome, Italy, and I lived there uh, during my undergrad experience. And I got a degree in humanistic studies and emphasis in philosophy. And then um, I came back to the States. And yeah, I decided to get more of a balance in my academic experience. So I went to, for all intents and purposes, an Eastern-based college, and I got a master's degree in Vedic science. And so I dove into Eastern philosophies, and with that came these um, yeah, other principles like health practitioner principles and all of those deeper philosophies that really serve as the undercurrent for uh, studies of the occult and, and the metaphysical. And um, you, your specialty is helping people to understand the relationship between the conscious and the subconscious. Is that correct? Yes. yes. So from an early age, I had this fascination with the psyche. I mean, the mechanics, the patterns of behavior, um, and, and language, uh, our, our internal thoughts and, and self-talk. Um, again, touching on the neuro-linguistic programming you guys were just talking about, but I didn't know that it was called that at the time. And so, yeah, I, I've always been attracted to information pertaining to uh, what I later came to understand was the conscious mind and the subconscious mind or another form of the unconscious mind. And then really diving into how they influence each other in our waking reality and how that really is the golden nugget in the center of manifestation and, and the ability to manifest because as I talk about in the readings that I do, what we believe about ourselves and in ourselves is what we create. And what we create is what we experience. And that's basically the Cliff Notes version of how to manifest your own reality. Great. 
<laughs> right, yeah, and, and you're going to manifest it whether you do it on purpose with deliberate intent or whether you do it by default and, uh, you know, it's like sticking your hand in the bag and it's like, oh, what did I get today? Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, taking – if you can master your subconscious – um, you've got, you've got, you know, the, what does they say? The world is your oyster. Um, yes. yeah. So, um, and you'll be doing, um, the stage two sessions, um, going deeper. Uh, and I, I know that it, one person already, I mean, we hadn't even had the show yet and you did her stage one. She was so impressed with your work that, um, she's ordered now <laughs> the first stage two, which I, I sent you the other day. Yes. So, um, and then you can go deeper into that person's chart, answer her questions, um, and and all of us include transit reading for the stage two session, which is like your current um, weather forecast. It it, it tells us um, the planetary influences under which we're living at the present time, and um, that is remarkably. Um, accurate and revealing um and sometimes you you know people think that oh there's something wrong with me and then you look at the transits it's like no there's nothing wrong with you you know you've just got mars square mars and and you're going to be a little bit you know salty a little ornery for a couple of days and and then it's but you don't you know when you see it for what it is so um it's a lot easier to command the energy rather than be um subjected to it so all of all of the team will include a transit reading um with with the sessions that they do so um let's see what else i was going to ask you and and you um so you, you're, I'm going to say that your specialty is is helping people understand the influence of their subconscious and um, and plus interpreting their star markings and their missions. Is there anything else that you want to add to that? Um, I also am able to or am trained in um, locating and explaining or, or finding the abundance and wealth in your chart and helping you access that point and start working with those energies more directly than if you were unaware of those. Oh, everybody's going to want that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you really, if you, if you understand your chart or you work with someone who does understand your chart and these really, you know, wonderful um, uh, abilities or, or things that you can see in a chart, but yeah, helping helping people to find where the abundance will come, how it will come, how to mm-hmm. um, n- you know kind of uh, nudge it along. Um, that's that's a very valuable uh, skill to to share with people. Yeah, and then I, I just on top of all of that, I have found that the best method for me when it comes to reading charts is just getting that, that heart connection with the other person. So in other words, I really, um, I just put my whole heart into it and it turns out best that way. So it's heart read astrology. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, of course, you're a Leo, so that's not yes. surprising. That's yes. not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Emeralds and Aries. So, and we've got we've got some really really strong um, really strong uh, sun signs uh, with our team. So, um, thanks so much, Riley, for for calling in, and um, we so appreciate um, all the work that you've done. I mean, you have helped so many people with their stage ones, and I get I get emails, you know, back, you know, saying. You know what a great reading. You know she blew my mind. I mean, for all of you, I, I've had great feedback on all of you. So uh, we're really, really grateful that well, you're you're you. part of our team now. Thank you so much. I'm loving every minute of it. This is great. This is the dream. Yeah. Well, your your passion is palpable. <laughs> <laughs> so you <clears throat> don't ever change. No, oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> big hug to you, sweetie. Oh, big hug. Okay. okay we'll see you soon. Okay, bye-bye. See you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, hang on a second now. Um, okay, um, uh, Okay. we're going to go to um, uh, Carol next. I'm just kind of going down the line here, and then we'll talk to Miara Um Gosh, there's so many people on the switchboard. I love it. Okay, I'm going to get your mic open there, Carol. Okay. Hello. Hello, Carol. How, How are, are you? you? So good to hear your voice. I'm great. Oh, well, I am so, so um, appreciative of your your skill, your, your work that you've done. Um, and just if you would, you know, tell us, um, kind of, you know, the, the, the thumbnail version because you've had a lot of experience. Um, I mean, have you, did you wake up metaphysical? Were you born that way or was it something that you gravitated <laughs> really early on? Well, you know, I have, I've had a long life, so I had to think about this for a while and I thought about, you know, the sort of, it was sort of a step-by-step thing, but really um, it, it seems like I was born this way. Uh, my dad, though, was a merchant marine, and he used to take us out and told us about the night sky. So I can't remember not knowing about Orion and the Pleiades and Sirius and the planets. I mean, that was just part of my upbringing. So that, and then my mother used to read the horoscope, the sun sign horoscopes to us every day. So that just kind of fed into, uh, and then I, I was a, a reader like Riley, a big reader. I was interested in everything, and mythology especially came across uh, to me, and I really liked that. It it introduced me then to the gods and goddesses who were named, you know, the planets are named after the Greek right. and Roman <laughs> gods and goddesses. So that just led. You know, everything just sort of led to the next thing in my life. And um, I know that even as a child, we had a UFO crash in New Jersey where I was, we were living at the time in Ramapo in the 1960s. And I remember doing a newsletter. We had an old typewriter in the house and I would do a newsletter. My brother and I would be, do a newsletter and we would, and I would be writing stories about UFOs and 
uh, and hand drawing the photo, the pictures of them, which would be the photos and the newsletter. So that was a lot of fun, but um, it all just led to metaphysical interests, which no one in the family had, or I don't think even ever heard of. So then it was Edgar Casey, and I joined the Rosicrucians. And that's where I heard about Atlantis and Lemuria, and also the first time I ever heard of distant energy healing. So that also started in the 70s for me. I got my first chart in the 70s. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a dot matrix printer. And <laughs> <laughs> it's on, I still have it. <laughs> oh, so, wow. You know, it was just things like that and um, the dreams. I always had very vivid dreams. I uh, There were times in my life that I did sleepwalking. I mean, I don't obviously don't know Uh, all the times because I was asleep, but there were some times where I would wake up either in the night or in the first thing in the morning and have the urge to go into the living room where the door, the front door was and the door would be open. And I would look at it and think, I wonder if I've been somewhere. So, you know, things like things like that were just sort of part of my childhood. And, um, but I did, you know, take a a, a quote unquote normal route and went to college and but uh, and became an educator. But it was in the humanities, so I've always really been interested in story and people's stories. And I also taught interpersonal communication. And I know listening to um, to everyone talk about neuro-linguistic programming that is basically part of what was happening in those classes because we would have people we would learn to listen to our own self-talk you know try to get the students to understand that they did that because a lot of times people don't even realize that's happening on a daily basis all the time we're always saying something to ourselves so that is part of what I bring too to my readings because I love to let people realize that they can change their stories, you know, and, and uh, go for the highest potential of what, what's possible in a chart. So we, we don't have to stick with the life story that we have. We can shift it at some point and find the mission and do the mission. So that's been interesting to do the readings from the starseed point of view and to bring in some of those skills. And one of the things I've really enjoyed, um, I will tell us, can I tell a story, a little story for a minute about my UFO encounter? Oh, sure. (laughs) That was something that happened in Indiana and uh, I was married then and Sarah was, my daughter Sarah was just a little kid and just maybe two or three or something or not even and um, we had had a lot of sightings in the area this was the early 90s and they were all these red orange red orbs that people were seeing in the sky and this was my you know I, I would consider everything that had happened in my life up to that point an awakening But this was a real awakening in that I woke up in the middle of the night. Everyone else is sound asleep. 
And we had, we lived in an old farmhouse and there were these big floor to ceiling windows and we were on the second floor and I looked out the window and saw this one of these orbs floating in the, in the field. So there were no houses around us, just this big field to the south. And there was this orb just floating. And when I saw it, it started to move very slowly in, in the direction where I had to sit up to watch it because it was going to come, go out of my view. And so I did that, and as soon as I did that, it sped up and just disappeared like they do into whatever dimension it came from. And that, that was, and at the same moment, I just had this download of this is some incredible intelligence. This was an intelligence there that I just communed with in some way. Wow. So, so that was like a real wake, a literal wake-up call that I had, and I loved what Riley said about on, about coming from the heart, because it was many years later, you know. So that, of course, I've kept with me all this time. An equally um, vivid experience was in a dream, and I think this might have been after 2012. I, I'd have to try to look back in journals and things to find out, but it was definitely much uh, not that long ago where in the dream I met what I, who I would say was a Pleiadian based on the looks. And this person um, just held out, I saw this person, vivid, vivid blue eyes, uh, at a rendezvous in the dream. There, we have a, uh, an event here in Indiana called the Vincennes Rendezvous, and it's, it's a revolutionary war thing that I've been to several times. And, um, and so it was taking place there. So I love the the, the symbolism of the, the word rendezvous because uh-huh. it was like a real rendezvous with family because I do have one a mark of the Pleiades and here is this person who doesn't even say anything but just comes and opens his arms and I just go there and I'm hugged and, and experience the most unbelievable unconditional love that I woke up just weeping and I thought, you know, I've experienced today. I didn't. I never even really thought about it, but until today, when I was making some notes, that you know, I've had the experience of this incredible intelligence, but it didn't feel loving necessarily. It was a little scary, and then to have the feeling of just the love uh, just makes me recognize that. It's the love that counts. You know, it's like uh, Anastasia's stories that she found, how beautiful mm-hmm. those were. They're all about the love. So right. um, I do try, you know, with, with that. I mean, I, I love information, but I understand that you connect through the heart. And so I try to have those in my readings as uh, that in my readings as much as I can, you know, I shoot for that. Mm-hmm. Give, bo- and, give both. Uh, I, I think I, I would um, want to mention here that you do carry um, a, a pretty full schedule of your own readings and clients. 
So right now at this time, you're not um, going to do the stage twos with us, but um, you'll continue with the stage ones. And then at some point, you know, we'd, we'd love to have you do stage twos when it's not, um, you know, too much on your plate. Okay. And, you know, that, I mean, it, I, I, yes. That's true? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. And um, what else can I say real quickly? Just that it's been a real gift for me. I thank you for letting me do this. <laughs> that when <laughs> I first got my, my confirmation reading from, from you, and then I'd listened to the show for years and uh, went to the to the we called it the Crystal Quest then back in 2014. I always wanted to know about starseed astrology, so I'm so happy to know it now and to um, be using it in this way. I love to introduce the starseeds to their star markings, and you know, develop stories about how that they, they can be used in in their readings and you know what what their missions might actually look like. So that's been a real joy for me. Uh, well, that's you, and you again are doing a wonderful job. I get I get lots of good feedback, and um, I mean, as you were, somebody's trying to call me, and I'm not picking up. It's just a robo call. Um, I lost my train of thought after that. Oh, it's like like you know when you're born, the real you is imprinted on that natal chart. And then as you go through your life, your parents, your friends, your teachers, whatever, they dress you up the way they want you to be. And you walk around your whole life thinking that that's who you are. And then you hear, the, you know, your natural state from a, a starseed chart reading. And, it, and it's like all the layers just start coming off and you get down to, you know, the truth and the heart and the mission. Mm-hmm. So I love that you do it. I love that you do it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. Um, it was very interesting this morning because this, a lot of this, one of the things that has made me amazed about the star markings is how literal they can be in a person's chart. I mean, of course, I know that from myself, but also my daughter has it, my son has the star markings, and and I can see in their in their lives how they're manifesting. But um, it's been, uh, I even in the um, in the progress chart, uh, mine I had a, of a very slow Uranus, a very slow-moving planet. It's going to be at a star uh, galactic marking for for the rest of my life, and that's and that's the mark of the messenger. And today I was out for a walk this afternoon, and it's a beautiful day here, a beautiful spring day. And I was coming back up my street, and here comes the messenger hawk flying down my street and started circling over me. And oh, I just wow. laughed out. I just laughed out loud. I just thought, yeah, okay. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be too nervous tonight. <laughs> sure. You'll find some words to say. So I had to laugh at that. I thought this is, can be so literal, so literal. And I, and I know in my natal chart, I have a, a marking that's about, um, the earth and mastery, you know, of earth things. And, and my, I have a master's degree in earth literacy from St. Mary of the Woods College in Indiana. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> 
I just laughed at that. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, when you look back and you see the things that you've you've done and the things that have happened, you realize how literal this can be sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think that you know, every everyone has has their guides. You know, there's, we call them their star team, and <clears throat> they give us lots of clues. They do. But we. Yeah, but we don't always put two and two together. But, yeah, I mean, synchronicity, like, okay, having the hawk circle yes. your head. Yes, um, definitely. Like, you know, like the, the commercial, do you hear us now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I just stopped yes. and watched it for a while until I said, thank you, I get it, and then finally started to fly away. But it stayed there the whole time that I watched, that I stood there. It was hilarious. So did you say it's your progressed Uranus that's at the, the messenger marking? Yes, and that will yeah, stay. Well, I mean, that yeah, and, I mean, when I was probably about that, nine. Yeah. And that goes both ways, <laughs> that where the information comes to you, like like a bolt of lightning out of the blue, and you just suddenly know things. And then it goes the other yeah. way as well, where you can be the messenger and deliver that bolt to someone else. So, that's, yeah, you, yeah, you, that's you right. got both sides of that card. Well, that's yeah. that's just that's perfect for this work. It's just it seems perfect like for this it. Work. It's, cer- it's certainly helpful. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we are so grateful that you are on the team, um, bringing your your years of experience. I mean, you've been doing astrology um, longer than me, and probably as long as Lavendar. So, um, I, we just really appreciate that level of of, of mastery that you can bring to people. Well, you're very welcome. I really enjoy it. Oh, well, I'm going to I'm going to move on to Miara now, but I'm giving you a big hug. Okay, big hug to you. Thank to you everybody. so much, Carol. You're all so, you're all so wonderful. Yeah, it's bye-bye. it's a precious family. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And now here I come, Miara. Let me get that mic open. Where are there you are? Okay. Hello, Miara. Hi, Ariel. Can you hear me okay? Hi. Yes. Yeah. You, yes. You're loud and clear. Okay. Great. It's, it's amazing to be on this side of the radio uh, show at this time because I'm just I've always always listened to every one of your radio shows I think since I've discovered you guys in 2015. So kind of cool to wow. be here. <laughs> that's that's a lot of that's a lot of hours. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and again, um, you have been doing such a great job um, with the stage one readings, and we're really um, excited that you're um, now available for the stage two readings. But let's kind of just back up and and answer the same question, kind of as when did it all start for you? Well. Um... I just, I first want to, before I get into anything, I just really want to thank you guys so, so much for your work and commitment and dedication to this community. And I feel extremely humbled to even be a part of it and completely honored and super excited to get to connect with so many starseeds each week. It's like been so rewarding for me to get to do this work, um, especially in this time in history. So, um, okay, so, (laughs) yeah. So I grew up kind of always feeling out of place a bit and awkward in my environment. I mean, sometimes it's attributed to being from like another country and having parents who never really could understand or adapt to our American culture. So 
Um, I also felt out of place with my Egyptian community as well because I'm very white, redhead, blue-eyed um, woman who um, was around a lot of Egyptians who are a little bit more of a darker complexion. So I didn't really fit in either way. Either way. And so I learned later on, I think this was, was kind of part of the plan because I was a bit of an anomaly to people um, in how I threw off race in a way. Um, but, you know, later on, I kind of continued to feel, you know, a little bit out of place during my schooling and even in society where I literally had like no idea what I was doing on earth. I mean, what I was doing on earth, no pun intended. I was just, I didn't know what I was doing here, spending like my entire, the entirety of my days, um, you know, just being in these jobs, which I think from the outside looked really interesting, being in advertising and education, but to me kind of left me feeling a bit empty and depleted working in marketing. So I would run home and then take off my social mask and dig deep into the realms of like the unknown ancient mysteries, like universal esoteric knowledge, like astrology, numerology, philosophy, spiritual psychology, like hermeticism, um, human design was a big part of it, exopolitics, um, anything I could listen to about ET encounters um, and anything I could get my hands on that had to do with like alternative energy healing techniques. I was like kind of an information junkie when it came to this <laughs> stuff. I mean, it's no it's surprise that I have the imprint of the Starseed Messenger Stone, just like always, always gathering information. Now, around like 25 years ago, I mean, not to give away my age too much, but I was like 15, um, before <laughs> too much was actually available online yet, I read whatever I could get my hands on, of course, books, but just like the other, uh, the other astrologers, um, that any book that had to do with ET phenomenon, I had to devour it, um, and I was pretty obsessed. So I kind of would, though, hide that part of myself from others. Like I would put the book in another book when I would read it. It was really weird. It was like <laughs> kind of like I didn't want anyone to know what I was doing. It was like secret, my secret. Um, and then, you know, this lasted, like even went into my 20s. Um, I had my first strange UFO encounter. And then, you know, but back then spirituality to me was, you know, my secret. And even though I was around a lot of expressive, like open-minded artists and musician types, I always still felt like a stranger and out of place. I just couldn't put my finger on it until like later on it, when it made sense to me. So I'm going to fast forward. I'm just going to keep talking. I'm sorry. I'm going to fast forward to a time when I moved to Los Angeles when I was about 33 um, because I was trying to climb the corporate ladder in advertising at the time. And I thought I would finally be getting somewhere in my career um, when instead I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter. <laughs> and then I realized that I was chasing an empty delusion. It was apparent that climbing the corporate ladder just didn't have my name on it and at least not in this lifetime so I found out and I was here to kind of experience what it was like to be human to have a physical female body and then to merge with the divine like at that point I remember enrolling at that point when I got pregnant enrolling in graduate school studying Jungian psychology and just studying astrology as much as I possibly could to help me through that transition out of the spiritual closet. So after my daughter was born, um, we kind of realized we needed to change in lifestyle. So we left LA and moved to the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina, which I kind of later found out sits on a huge crystal quartz mine and it's, it's extremely activating there. Um, so when I was there, I went through 
several initiations, including waking up one morning with the overwhelming desire to search out the term starseed. And then that led me to finding you guys. And at that time in 2015, there really was very little information out there about starseeds. Like it could, you couldn't find too much. Um, so I decided I was just going to listen to every one of your episodes to get as much information as I could. And as you guys know, there's hundreds. So about two years later, I kind of got, you know, probably more than halfway through. And then I had finally decided to buy a confirmation reading and beelined it to Lavendar, who then kind of helped to activate me to like my understand my natural states and my right to passage. And it was so reassuring and relieving to me to hear her say out loud so many of the things I had thought about, but wasn't very sure about, you know? So mm-hmm. <laughs> confirmation is the perfect term for that. But um, it's truly when I kind of emerged into my starseed quickening and have been on that fast track ever since. So although, you know, I, I feel profound activations throughout my life, like in my 20s, um, I find myself in like psychologists office, you know, where there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, especially since I was so fortunate enough to have found myself a brilliant, like, integrative healing psychologist 13 years ago, who I still kind of check in with from time to time. Um, But I no longer kind of feel like I need someone outside of myself to guide me through necessary integration periods anymore. And that's through the deep work, I feel like I kind of like put myself through. So now I understand that massive activation, suspensions require integration and assimilation because although everyone here listening to the show right now is an extremely powerful extraterrestrial being, we're all also having like a human experience on this earth plane. And so like the earth feels like it's becoming less and less dense in comparison to where it was like 20, 30, 40 years ago, thanks to all the star seeds, no, no less. It is still that, that place of materialization and matter and earth can be so dense. So able that's how it's able to be so rich you know with life as well as like vibrant with energy but um being a starseed can sometimes feel like we're operating on multiple dimensions so I kind of have to learn how to learn how to trust myself through the years and um the more I've learned to trust myself and the information I receive and the downloads I allow to come through um as I validated those things as my truth the more I felt like I was being rewarded from the universe and like consequently, the easier the integration periods then became, where I didn't have to feel like it was so much of a struggle. Um, but it does take a lot of dedication to know yourself. So the more effort that you can put forth to really know yourself, the more you like realize just how powerful and impactful you are in the process of creating your reality. And that's why I got studying Jungian archetypal studies, the shadow and shadow work, because I realized that it's just one of the tools used by shamans. Uh, to learn to master that trickster energy that Lavendar speaks of sometimes. Like when you learn your blind spots and where your weaknesses are, where you may be finding that you're resisting or rejecting or disowning parts of yourself, like where your triggers live, you can put guards up in those places against that trickster and then maybe even at least recognize that that coyote is there. So, um, you know, um, like after I had my initial reading with Lavender 2017, I was pretty much led down that road of exploring so many things, even more like even quantum healing hypnosis that took me down like a, a life of, you know, past life exploration um, and 
I really experienced that extraterrestrial beingness. I visited ancient Egypt where all the walls were like angled and the lines between ancient and future were kind of blurred. Um, but that did provide me an ability to kind of come back to the here and now um, and in this human incarnation and feeling empowered, knowing that like I hold all this ancient wisdom in my DNA and then you know, we have mm-hmm. the infinite potential um, to do right. whatever so, we want after that. So, uh, let um, me ask, um, first, first of all, so your mother, um, you were born in Egypt, your mother's Egyptian um, yes. and, and, and your father is not um when when you went when you went back to egypt did um did you have any uh, uh you know kind of stirring um any any remarkable experiences because you were you know carrying that egyptian dna when you stepped on that land again did anything um remarkable that you could tell us about um, you know, when I went back there, I was in my 20s, and I did feel like it was a very magical place. And then I came back, everyone told me I was glowing. But I was still so young, and I think it was more of a family uh, exploration with the, with my family. Like, I had met so many family members, but I had gone to so many temples as well. Um, and the temples, when I was there, it was also like like I... I I was, you know, just at another place. It didn't feel like activating as much as I thought I was going to activate. It didn't happen. The activation didn't happen until I came back. It was strange. It was, again, this integration period where it didn't happen, like, right then. People, you know, expect to go to a power place, plan for it, boom, be activated. Like, sometimes, like, it takes a little time after to get integrated and assimilated into the physical form, the physical being. And then I started feeling, like, my life shifting when I got back. Like, everything changed. You know, so. Right, so it's like the the deposit was made, but it didn't. The funds didn't transfer until later. Until you yeah, got home. But, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. It, you know, it, it was like getting you know implanted with frequencies that would mm-hmm. then you know go their course. But um, I mean, you really have a lot of uh, of unique skills um, and training um, and natural psychic abilities that you can offered in your stage two readings. And um, as I said before, everyone's going to be adding the transit reading um, to the stage two, but every live session is different. Um, I, I know when I, when I hear a person's voice and, and they, they, they talk for a minute, um, I know exactly how to approach them, depending, you know, because some people are, are just now waking up and and you have to um you have to be careful that you don't uh you know give them too much too soon because that could be detrimental but um i think that you're really good at at tuning into the the person and i mean you do it even when the person when you're doing the stage 1 right i mean um, sure yes definitely yeah. when i do stage 1 readings i can't help but to feel everything that person's going through like i will I will embody their energy and I've learned how to, you know, work with that and, and know when to put up different boundaries, but I can't help it. I'm very psychic. I'm very attuned. Um, so when I do speak to someone, I can tune in incredibly quickly to what level they're on um, individually. Uh-huh. And um, I, I do understand that, you know, 
with these activations uh, comes responsibility to make sure that I you know, speak with everyone uh, on their level and, you know, very uh, personally and what they would like to know, what, what are they looking to learn and where are they looking to grow um, and what areas of their life are they looking to um, understand deeper. Uh, so it's really important for me to understand what someone would like because we also, starseeds, have infinite potential for growth, um, in, you know, in our vast expansion um, on this planet and you know, throughout lifetimes. But we have all essentially come to this planet to pick up some things, um, learn some things, and I, I do want to respect, you know, everyone's um, you know, individual um, process. So, right. Well, and that that is that's truly an art form, because <laughs> you know, and 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 you all are are aware of that. That you can just you give someone as much as they can handle, and maybe one drop, one drop more. Just like like when your mom buys you shoes that are one size too big, you give them a little to grow into. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it's really wonderful that you are aware of that and you do that and and can truly um, be more effective when you can give someone exactly what they need at that moment. Yeah, that's very important yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I do operate from an, an, a combination of intellect, intuition, and very open heart. So I, I'm going to come from all angles at you and just be ready because I'm going to feel you and I'm going to love you. So um, that's really where I want to um, make an impact in, in my readings with others is to make them feel extremely um, empowered because, you know, everyone is here to do uh, great work. And um, I really just have a very uh, small piece in, you know, helping someone see just how powerful and how magnificent they really are. Right, yeah, and like I said before, it's like getting them back to square one. This is who you were when you were born. And then, you know, depending on what kind of influences you've had, you can get twisted and contorted and distorted. Um, you know, and they, they dressed you up like an accountant and you were supposed to be an artist. You know, so, you know, and helping people peel back those layers and see who they came here to be. Um that can be really helpful. You know, and some people, they they knew from the beginning what they were here to do, um, but they're probably not in the majority uh, of of the people that, that find us. So um, I, I just I just wonder, I mean, do you have two children? Oh, no, I just, I have one daughter, um, and, you know, I have one daughter, she's seven, and she's extremely, extremely intuitive and psychic, actually. Conceived her That's what I was going to ask, and of course <laughs> you've looked at her chart. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I realize that she also has come with a lot of responsibility as well, and so um, I know that you know, help you know, helping myself understand the responsibility that I have with some of this um, to teach it to her as well. And, and I understand that anyone who's a parent out there, um, the more you get to know yourself. Um, and all the aspects of yourself, the better parent it makes you too. So um, it is really important to, again, focus on completely knowing ourselves and, and really understanding ourselves so that you know, we can empower ourselves um, to do the work we're here to do. And some of us, you know, have part of that work is, is to help raise the, the future starseeds who are also going to be doing amazing work on the planet. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the the kids that are being born now, um, I mean, it's it's make every generation the the bar gets raised a little bit, but um, I mean, there there are children. A seven-year-old today, probably like a fifteen-year-old uh, when I was growing up. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's one point that I wanted to make is that if you are a star seed and you have children, there's ninety-nine percent chance that those children also have star seed markings. And we do um, readings for children um, on behalf of the children for the parents, and um, that would be something that. I think would be really helpful, and I'm sure you know any of you can help um, parents to really understand what their children's missions are, and try to encourage you know and open doors, and um, you know and if the child is is uh, got a lot of psychic ability in the chart, uh, helping the parent to recognize that and not not try to you know discourage that in any way. Not that Absolutely. a starseed parent would, but but it yeah. it can be very helpful um, to find out who your children are before they're grown up, as so you can yeah. help to you know make their make you, their yeah. path easier. Sorry, I really I'm sorry I interject. I want to tell you a quick story. You know it's so true what you're saying. Oh my goodness, because if I didn't know about astrology, I would have sent my daughter to a specialist when she was younger because she didn't talk at all. And she didn't talk until she was almost three. Um, and I looked at her chart. She's got, she's got a Gemini moon. She's got, um, she's Aquarius sun in the seventh house. It's just, she's got a lot of um, different aspects that would, you know, make her be very communicative. And so I thought, hmm, well, I, I, I know that she's very communicative and she's not talking yet, but I'm just going to wait because she has a lot going on in her eighth house. So a lot of psychic energy there. So I wanted, I figured she was studying um, and then I waited and almost at three, not quite three, she started reading. It was really weird. So I, if, if it were, if, you know, if I weren't someone who was, you know, a little bit more attuned, trying to be patient with understanding her and her chart, I would have sent her to a specialist like we were being pushed to be doing. So again, yeah, maybe that is very important. And I, I would you know, love to help others with knowing their children's, you know, uh, different charts as well, because again, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to tell them or push them to be something that's on their chart, but just to be open to knowing that, be patient with them, because knowing that the process is also on the chart as well, um, and it can help us, you know, a little bit too to be more patient as parents. Yeah, that just reminded me of another real quick story. Um, I, I did a, a chart reading um, for a, a friend of mine who had a brand new baby, and um, and I, of course, I mean the child was an infant, but she had the mark of the crystal grid and a lot of stuff that 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 pointed towards Earth type, you know, uh, supporting the planet and and connection to Mother Nature. But um, the person that I was doing the chart for was not, I didn't know if she was starseed or not. It was just a, a friend of a friend kind of thing. And um, so I used kind of different terms. And I said, well, this child, if she starts to have a fascination for rocks, so I figured that covered, you know, all the stones and crystals and all that. And when, the, when that child was by two years old, her mother came and was like, this kid, every time she goes outside, she's looking for rocks. <laughs> oh, my God. And she said, you nailed it. But, um, yeah, I said, rock, rock, rock. 
you know, so I mean, in another situation, you know, a parent might have said, you know, quit picking up those; they're dirty, or something, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I I got a little little pouch full of all kinds of polished stones from Arkansas, and and gave them to her for the for the child, and she just loved them. So you know, they will show signs <laughs> really early on. So, uh, you know, if you are starseed and you have children and you don't know about their chart, this is something that any of our team can help you with. So um, I'm just kind of try to wrap it up here. Is there any any um, last thing that you would like to say? Um, you know, no, I guess not at this time because I feel like I kind of introduced myself, but I look forward so much to meeting a more starseed family members and connecting with you. Um, and again, I'm so grateful that I'm here. Yeah, well, we are too. It's just, you know, and it's funny when I, when, when, when we finally, um, kind of sifted it down and, and came up with the four of you, um, the correlations between your charts, you know, I was looking at these charts and it's like, oh my gosh, we've got fire and earth, fire and earth, fire and earth, fire and earth. Everybody's chart, and I mean, some of the planets were exactly the same. You know, it's um, and and they and I thought, look at that, and I didn't realize it until we had that that class and we put them all together, and and it's like it's like the four of you have um, uh, a common thread, so it it just spells effective team. And we're very grateful to have you. You have no idea how, how much uh, how much uh, of the load, you know, because Lavendar and I were we were we're getting a little um, little shaky from from doing you know trying to handle so many um, requests, and uh, so it's 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 fun again. <laughs> Now that it's not, you know, a, a whole dump truck full of, you know, think, oh, my gosh, how are you ever going to do all these? So I personally am so grateful. And you're going to be um, taking, like, for new clients that want to stage two, as I mentioned at the at the top of the show, um, Lavendar is now um, only doing sessions for her past clients. If you order with with Lavendar and you don't see that on the website, then you're going to get an email from me, and and uh, you can go look at any of the team, see who you resonate with, and I'll just switch that um, to to work with another person because Lavendar can only only handle her. I mean, her her established clients. Are, I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and and they are keeping her busy busy enough. So I, I just wanted to stress that that if you've never talked to Lavendar. Um, you can talk to her students, and and believe me, this team has been very well trained. So, um, with that, I just want to say one more time: we are so grateful and so appreciative to have found you, um, Miara, Carol, Emerald, and Riley. Uh, you're making a huge difference, not only for Lavendar and I, but for star seeds ac- across the globe, at a time when our light has to be brighter than ever. And you see it's it's starting to peep out when you you know when you listen to Anastasia's news reports that light is coming up through people. And 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 you know coming from the heart and and um you know brotherhood sisterhood um the oneness um it it's starting to it's starting to blossom. So 
we're all going to do our best to keep that up spiraling and getting bigger and bigger because the world sure needs us now, you know, or they need guidance. I don't know if it's not necessarily one. That sounded kind of <laughs> egotistical, but they need this kind of guidance uh, right now to help bring that out. So um, I will be talking to you guys, the team, um, very, very shortly here um, as we go through our, our system of assigning the readings. And until uh, two weeks from tonight, I'm going to say goodbye and take care and remember, make an effort to hold gratitude in your heart and show compassion every day because that is the door to 5D. Until next time, everyone, good night. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.